Thank you for tuning in to the podcast of Life Church in Perry, Georgia. Thank you for tuning in. This is Pastor Tim McLaughlin, Senior Pastor of Life Church here in Perry, Georgia. We're so glad that you tune in and hope that these messages are a blessing to you, that they encourage you and strengthen your walk with the Lord. If you do not have a home church, we would love to invite you to join us Sunday mornings at 1030, Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. right here at Life Church in Perry, Georgia at 100 Todd Road. Today I want to talk to you about real spiritual growth. Uh, you know, there's a there's a lot of books out there. There's a lot of self-help. There's a lot of people that are motivational speakers. I can tell you that in my over 21 years of ministry and my 24 years of living the Christian life, I've heard all kinds of systems, steps, exercises on how to live spiritual life. I, I love to read books. I have a huge library. I'm constantly reading. But one of the things I've understood is this, that the, even Christian books and Christian authors, um, they're good and they, they will help encourage me along the way. But the truth of living a real spiritual life comes from a relationship with Jesus, a relationship that only can be built through the reading and understanding of his word, through a, a faithful prayer life, and through being connected to a spirit-filled, Bible-believing church. I think accountability partners are awesome. I believe that everybody needs a pastor. I'm a pastor, but I have a pastor, and I believe that everybody needs a pastor. They need someone that, as I like to say, can stick their finger in your dirt. They, they're willing to call you out when they need to call you out. But even accountability partners, accountability groups, and, and stuff like that, they can't lead you to true spiritual growth. It's something you have to desire yourself. I've memorized several scriptures and I've probably forgotten more scriptures than I I actually know right now. But even within memorizing scriptures, uh, we we need to continue to press in to the things of God. I, I love what Christian author Fritz Cherry said. He said, I've run across many people who are walking Bibles, but they don't do the simple, basic things such as forgive. They know so much about the Bible, but they don't love. They're prideful. They're mean. Uh, the things that they know they don't, the things that they know they don't put to use. These people have the heart of a Pharisee. One of the things I love to say is that you can know all about God and still not know God. Many people today love theology more than God himself. And this is called idolatry. I mean, that's powerful. I, I like what he says. He says, there, there are a lot of people that know all about God, but still do not know God. And that should be our heart's desire is to know God, to have a relationship with him, to want to spend time with him more than anything else we do. So what is true spiritual growth? And how do we get true spiritual growth? These are the two questions that we should be asking ourselves on a regular basis. And the answer is simple, but often difficult for many of us to attain. Go with me, if you can, in your Bibles to John chapter 15, verses 1 through 4. John 15, 1 through 4. I'm reading out of the New King James Version. John chapter 15, beginning in verse 1, says, 
I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You already are clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. Verse 5. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. See, abiding in Jesus may sound like a religious term, And for many, we try to explain abiding to non-believers, and it sounds like just a bunch of religious mumbo-jumbo. However, you need to truly understand what the word abide means in order to try to explain it to others. The Greek word abide is the word mano, which literally means to make your home in. Jesus said, abide in me. Make your home, your dwelling, your life in me. I have ministered many sermons and taught many different classes about fruit. I've preached all over the United States. I've, I've, I've preached in other countries. Uh, I have preached in over 40 churches in a single year about how to be fruitful, how to walk out a fruitful life, how to make sure that your life is, is fruitful and not barren and, and other things like that. And usually, when I begin to speak to Christian groups about fruit, one of the first things that people begin to think about is Galatians chapter 5, the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5, and 23 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. Now understand that this is the fruit, not fruits. There's not an S on that. It's the fruit of the Spirit. It's the, it's the mannerisms. It's, the, it's the, the Holy Spirit in all that He does. See, we can quote this passage and we can try our best to walk it out. But as many of us have learned, you cannot achieve fruit without the Holy Spirit. So we need to desire to live a life that's connected with always drawing from, always being with the Holy Spirit. Galatians chapter 5, verse 24 and 25 says, And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. So Jesus said, Make your home in me so that I can make my home in you. Not living in the Spirit, or living in the flesh rather, but living in the Spirit. A a better way to translate this is, is to die to self so that he can live in us. Jesus said this uh, in the Gospels. He said that, that you have to, uh, you can't put new wine into old wineskins. So therefore, you can't put the Holy Spirit into an unholy body. So we need to die to self. We need to live uh, according to the Word of God. We need to press in in our prayer time and in our devotion time. And, and we need to learn the Word of God and constantly spend time with the Word of God so that we can be filled with His Spirit. Paul says, Galatians 2.20, says, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ that lives in me. And the life which I now live In the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Isn't that interesting? Paul first 
says that, that we need to crucify the flesh. But here in Galatians 2.20, he says, in order to live in this flesh, so understand this, the life that we're living, the, the life that, that we're walking around, our, our eating, our sleeping, our going to work life, we're living in the flesh. But we need to live this fleshly body as spirit-filled beings. Have you ever heard the saying, making a house a home? In other words, a home is where the fruit of the Spirit is evident in our lives. The house is only the building that you reside in. You are a vessel, but unless the Holy Spirit resides in you, that is all you are, an empty vessel. In order for a vessel to bear fruit, it must abide in the vine. See, we can't do it of ourselves. We can't do it in our own strength. But when we make our home in him, in Jesus, spiritual fruit begins to spring up naturally from us. Author J.D. Greer says this, you can't just grit your teeth and say, I will have a more loving feelings towards God and others. I will be more patient. I will have self-control. True spiritual fruit comes from getting swept up in an intimate, loving encounter with Jesus Christ. You can't just say, I'm going to do it. Many people make New Year's resolutions and and they say things like, I'm going to lose weight and they get a membership at a gym. But if you never go to the gym, you're never going to get in shape. So buying the, the membership and saying you're going to do something is not going to do it. Actually getting up and doing it is what you have to do. So saying that I want to have more patience and I want to have more self-control, but not spending time with God, not spending time in God's word, not spending time in God's house with other Christians, you're never going to get to that place. Have you ever asked yourself as a Christian why you are still impatient after all of these years? How could I really be saved and still have issues with self-control? See, the answer is this. Quit focusing on the fruit and start focusing on the vine. Quit focusing on the fruit and start focusing on the vine. Jesus is the vine. Jesus said the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. We need to quit focusing on works or our failures, and we need to begin to focus on Jesus and his love and acceptance of us. Listen to Romans chapter 5, verse 1 through 5. Romans 5, 1 through 5. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulation, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance and perseverance character and character hope. Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. See, focusing on spiritual fruit will usually produce frustration and despair in our lives. But focusing on Jesus will produce fruitfulness. See, when I, when I focus on trying to be fruitful, when I focus on trying to live by works, when I focus on, well, if I do this good or if I say this or, you know, and all those things, I'm going to fail. But if I focus on Jesus, it will produce fruitfulness. 
I had these t-shirts printed up. I want to get some more printed up. And it says, you got to want to. Colossians 3.23. See, this is the reality. I want to do everything as unto the Lord, not as unto man. If everything that I do, if everything that I say, if everything that I put my hand to, if everything that I do, I do is unto Jesus. If I clean my house, if I clean the church, if I take care of my car, if I take care of my clothes, if I treat my wife, if I treat my kids, if everything that I do, I do it is unto Jesus, then it's going to be fruitful. But if I'm trying to do it by works in my own strength, I'm just going to get frustrated and then eventually I'm going to give up. Abiding in Jesus means understanding that his love and acceptance of us is the same regardless of the amount of spiritual fruit we have produced. Romans chapter 8, verse 38 and 39 says, For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor death, nor any created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. It's only when we understand that God's love is not conditional on what we think is spiritual fruit. We can only gain the power to become truly fruitful when we abide in him. First, we must understand and be able to explain that when a person truly accepts Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, then that person receives the free gift of salvation, eternal life, and a personal relationship with their Creator and Savior. Also, as a child of God, we receive the free gift of the Holy Spirit that lives or abides in us. However, just because we receive the free gift of salvation and everything that goes with it, that doesn't mean that we have no responsibility of our own. Thus, we must abide in him. Peter says it this way in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10 and 11. As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it as with the ability which God supplies, that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belong the glory and the dominion forever and ever. See, as I mentioned earlier, Abide means make our home in. See, no, it's, it's not about our works, the books we read, our self-denial. However, just like a natural house requires upkeep, so does our spiritual life in Christ. Regular prayer time, time reading and studying God's word and fellowship with other believers are all part of staying spiritually healthy. John 15, 7 and 8 says, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this the Father is glorified, that you may bear much fruit. So will you be my disciples. Peter says it this way, 2 Peter three eighteen, But grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. See, keeping regular upkeep, Abiding in him through prayer, study, and fellowship keeps us connected to the vine. But it's only through the vine that we will begin to produce fruit. To stay connected to the vine is to abide in him. To not abide in the vine is to try and accomplish things in your own strength, in your own life, to try to produce fruit without him, and it's just not going to happen. When we don't abide in him, we will wither and die. 
John 15, 6 says, If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. To abide in Christ is to experience an unbroken fellowship and a personal communion with him regularly. God wants to abide in the believer, yet his abiding is contingent upon the believer's welcoming and continued desire of the Holy Spirit's personal presence. Let me say that again. God wants to abide in the believer, yet his abiding is contingent upon the believer's welcoming him and continued desire of the Holy Spirit's personal presence. Romans 8, 12 through 14 says, Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit... You put to death the deeds of the body, and you will live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. See, the Holy Spirit abides with a true child of God for the purpose of leading them in all that they do. In their thinking, in their speaking, in everything that they put their hand to in their daily lives, when the Holy Spirit is with us, He will lead, guide, and direct us. Why? For the purpose of producing fruit so that others would see what God has done in our life and they would come and desire to to have that same presence and that same joy and that same blessing in their lives. So let's finish this by answering the two questions that I asked earlier. Number one, what is true spiritual growth? There, There are things that you used to do as a child by age or maybe as a child in Christ that you don't do now. Well, what do you mean as a child in Christ? Well, I remember back in 1996 when I first got saved, things didn't just change instantly. There was a process. I mean, there were some things that changed, but do you understand that after uh, 20-something years of cussing and using foul language, there was a process? Um, some of the music that I listened to, there was a process. There were some things that I had to, to, to allow God to begin to move out of my life. And, I, and understand, my flesh was trying to resist those things. So there were things that when I was a little child that I don't do today. And there were things when I was a child in Christ that I don't do today. Not because of the law, but because of love. Because of how much I loved him. I didn't want to continue to do those things. I wanted to be changed. I wanted to be transformed. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11 and 13 says, When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but in then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I also am known. And now abide faith, hope, and love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. See, choosing not to do what we used to do because of our love for God is true spiritual growth. Matthew 26, 41 says, Watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. The spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. The Apostle Paul said it this way in Galatians 5, 16. I say then, walk in the spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. When we walk in the Spirit, when we allow the Spirit to abide in us, we shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. 
True spiritual growth is not that you have to change, but that the love of God abiding in you causes a desire to change. Colossians 3.2 says, set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth. When we begin to deny the flesh, turn from our wicked ways, and abide in the spirit, that is spiritual growth. So how do we get true spiritual growth? Matthew 5, 6 says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. When we hunger for more than a hunger for the world, we, God will fill us. When we hunger for God, when we hunger for the things of God, when we hunger for the word of God, when we hunger for the fellowship of God's people, more than we hunger for the world, he will fill us. What does he fill us with? Himself. Romans 12, 2 says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. See, that's why I no longer do childish things, things that I used to do when I was a child in the natural and, and things that I used to do when I was a child in Christ, I no longer do because I've been transformed. It's that Greek word metamorphosis. It's going from a caterpillar to a butterfly. I, I, I'm no longer the caterpillar. I'm no longer the baby Christian. I, I'm maturing. Am I, have I arrived? Have I done all that I need to do? Absolutely not. But thank God Christ is still working in me because I'm connected to the vine and I'm allowing him to abide in me. He's renewing our thoughts and my actions every day so that they line up with the word of God. Ephesians 5.18 says, Do not be drunk with wine, which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. That, that phrase right there, but be filled, really, if you look at that in the Greek, it's be being filled. It's a continual process. It's not something that happened once and you never have to do it again. It's a process. It's, it's like I say all the time, when you bought a car, if you bought a brand new car from a reputable dealership, they probably filled your tank up with gas. Well, you know, eventually you had to stop at the gas station. You couldn't go back to that dealership and say, hey, bud, I bought this car here. You need to fill it up again. No, your responsibility is to go to the gas station. That's regular maintenance, getting your oil changed, getting your tires rotated. What's the same thing with God? Jesus died on the cross for us. Jesus said it's to our advantage that we, he goes away so that he could send the Holy Spirit. When we confess Jesus Christ as Lord of our lives, the Holy Spirit then dwells in us. Now it's up to us to keep that relationship, to keep connected to the vine so that he will abide in us, that we stay connected to his word, we can stay connected by prayer, that we continue to fellowship with other believers, that we be be being filled constantly with his Holy Spirit. We understand that we receive the Holy Spirit at uh, conversion, but we need to desire him to fill us regularly. That's why, again, John 15, 5, he says, I am the vine. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him will bear much fruit, but without me, you can do nothing. We need to abide in him. We must live in him, but we must also allow him to live in us and have all authority if we desire real spiritual growth. Listen, I desire the Lord to abide in me, and I pray that you would desire the Lord to abide in you. Thank you for listening to these podcasts, and if we can do anything to help you, please contact us at tim at lifechurchga.com. And we hope to see you soon. Come visit us here at Life Church in Perry, Georgia. God bless.